I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. How are you? What have you been up to? Oh, not not too bad. I was just literally thinking, usually I get in my mind what I've been doing so I can report back for the podcast, and I can't even think <laughs> what I've been up to, really. It's, it's not been great here. Victoria's actually reinstated some restrictions because there's been really specific uh, hotspots in the city. Um, I'm not in one, but I'm just outside of one. So they've actually locked down certain suburbs and they've they've put some restrictions back in place regarding like numbers of people that you can meet up with and things like that. So we're back to being, I mean, not that we weren't being cautious before, but we're back to being a lot more cautious and kind of back how we were a month or so ago, which is frustrating, but um, been making lots of plans for our onwards travel which is exciting. So it's mostly just looking forward to that and planning for that trip once I'm finished here in Melbourne and making our way around the rest of Australia, or as much of Australia as we can see in the time we've got left. But yeah, what about you? What have you been up to? Do you know what? I'm all right. And I've kind of been up to quite a lot. I packed up my old flat, um, which was an intense weekend. Like I loved it. I love getting organised. We all know that. Um I will share the story of how whilst we were having a podcast planning meeting, I slipped after running into my bedroom and fell quite badly all down one side Uh, of my body. It was literally the most terrifying thing to listen to. (laughs) So stressful. Like, do you know how it feels to hear someone really hurt themselves and you're on the other side of the world? Literally, my mind was like, who do I call? How do I get an ambulance there? I was in full, like catastrophizing mode like worst case scenario how do I help <laughs> the worst part is I was running into my bedroom to like get something to show Helly about like our new clean like we've bought a load of like eco cleaning stuff which people may have seen on my Instagram stories because I'm obsessed with it all and I was running into my room to show her this so it wasn't even like it was that cool or that exciting I just slipped on a pen I was wearing socks on a hardwood floor which is a rookie mistake I completely accept that and I just, I mean, I'm I'm still very bruised two weeks on. Um, it's getting better though. Like I just, oh, that, that wasn't so fun. Um, but the rest of it was all right. I packed up the flat, which feels really weird because obviously, I don't know. It's, it's a very weird thing. I only moved in for a couple of weeks and I've been there two and a half years. So <laughs> a lot of emotions, um, a lot of furniture shopping for our new place which is the weirdest thing to do when you can't see anything. Like we've not been able to like go and look at TV units or look at sofas and yet I've ordered it all. So I'm just praying that it all looks okay. I'm sure it will. I mean, you can get a pretty good idea. And as long as you know measurements and I I mean, also I'm pretty sure they have a good returns policy as well. So if you were really not happy with it, but like, it's just exciting ordering all of those things and planning it all out. I think that's that's part of the yeah. fun of it. So you might as well enjoy it regardless of whether you can see it all in person or not. Well, that's what I'm trying to think. So we move next weekend. So when this goes live, oh, I will have already moved when this goes live. No, it goes live this Wednesday. No, it doesn't. It goes live the following Wednesday. Well, when this <laughs> goes live, I might have moved on my love because clearly we can't read a calendar. We have no idea when this podcast is going live. But at some point I will move. The podcast will go live and I will update you all on what my new place looks like. Other than general clumsiness and, you know, all that kind of stuff, I've been all right. Um, and 
it's just been it's just been a bit weird. We've relaxed our restrictions quite a bit here now, and I feel really weird about going and being sociable again. Like I know I'm legally allowed to, um, but I don't know. I just feel really weird about it. Like I don't I don't really want to go into other people's houses or go to a pub or anything like that. And I know I'm not alone in that. I know I have spoken to people who have kind of felt similarly and kind of like, well, you know, it's not the disease hasn't just disappeared. Um, and you have a right to kind of feel a bit nervous, but I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one. So well, I'm just I feel like because people are saying that here as well. But I think the key thing is that it the restrictions being lifted doesn't mean you have to go and do that. It means if you want to, there's the option to. Like no one's yeah. forcing you to do it. And like my family have kind of said they're not they're not interested in seeing. Like they've met up with people outside and they've had like socially distanced cups of tea with my grandma and things. But they're not interested in gatherings and heading out to the pub now that you can and the same with us here we've been so cautious our restrictions have been lifted for a few weeks now and we've not been into anyone else's house and I think it is just what you're comfortable with because like you said the virus hasn't gone away and everyone has to be responsible unless you need to see someone which now the restrictions being lifted allows for it doesn't mean you have to yeah I, I completely agree like I don't think we have to do it just because we're allowed to and I think it's an adjustment period isn't it like we all got very we've all become very used to this weird way of living um so I guess it takes time to adjust back but seeing as most of us are still staying indoors shall we move on to our recommendations to keep us entertained for the next few weeks yes who's going first you go first you kick it all off I'm worried this might be one of your recommendations. <laughs> I because really don't think it will be. I'm I'm pretty confident it will not be one of my recommendations. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna be really surprised if it isn't because this is right up your alley. I feel like, but um, it's the Eurovision movie on Netflix. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet, but you can tell from my gasp. I'm so excited, and I oh don't. Everyone knows I love Eurovision. It's I, that's why I'm so surprised you've not watched it yet. I've been religiously watching Money Heist. I have a week until I move. We have nine episodes left. We are up against it. Like, if you think the professor gets into some sticky situations, people, this is this is far worse. So, I cannot watch anything until we have finished Money Heist. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I just I loved it so much. I'm not as big a Eurovision fan as Charlotte is, and I can't say that I religiously watch it every year, but. I have a real love-hate relationship with Will Ferrell. Absolutely oh, love him. Like him. Is, he in, is he in the Eurovision movie? He's the main character. Okay, I didn't know that. And now I'm suddenly less interested because I, I know this is controversial. I really don't like Will Ferrell. How did you not know about Eurovision? Who was in it? Oh, my God. Anyway. I thought I, I didn't, like, watch the trailer. I haven't got... I've been very busy here. I haven't watched the trailer. I just um, knew there was movie I didn't I thought it was more like well I'm a bit disappointed now well I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Will Ferrell I absolutely despise Anchorman I don't think it's funny it's one of the most boring films I really and people like watch it again and it's funny no I've never I've watched it like three times and it's a waste of my time however I absolutely love Blades of Glory like it's one of my all-time favorite movies every time I watch it I laugh so so hard and I love him in that and I thought Eurovision, bit of nostalgia for home and everyone has that little, uh, well, everyone in Europe has that little kind of, you know, all the little jokes and all of the yeah. kind of stereotypes that go along with Eurovision. 
and it's got Rachel McAdams as the other main character. So I just thought that's going to be so, so interesting, like the two of them together. And oh my God, it was so good. It was so funny. And I almost feel like it, if you're a fan of Pitch Perfect, it's kind of, it's not to that extent, it's not like it's sing-songy all the way through, but there's a particular point in it where they basically, they call it like a, is it a song party? It's basically a riff off, like their own version of it. And it is so, so good. And all of just the little inside jokes, because they're from Iceland. And there's just all these jokes about the little village that they're from. People are like, oh, are you brother and sister? And they're like, we hope not. Like Just all of these little jokes like that. And I just thought it was done really well. And it was a real feel-good movie. But the best part was definitely watching it with an American. Because <laughs> Taylor does Eurovision, does he? Never seen it. And all of those. So the other oh. part that's amazing is that Graham Norton is in this as himself. Okay. And I'm I'm watching that then because this year his sass levels are a whole new level and he got called out for it and it was amazing. Yeah. So it was, yeah, Graham Norton, full sass. He's playing himself in it. And as usual, the comments are amazing, even though it's obviously a fictional contest that's happening. And oh, I was laughing so hard, but obviously I think Taylor enjoyed it, but it is just a little bit you got to be in Europe, haven't you, to understand it. And I'm there, like, ready, like, saying nil point before anyone's even said it. And Taylor's like, how do you know what they're going to say? And I'm like, you just, you know. If you know, you know. Next May, okay, I don't, okay, maybe not next May. At some point in May, I am going to host a Eurovision party and you and Taylor are going to come and we're going to initiate him into the world of Eurovision joy. I am so excited. I said to him, he needs to watch it. I'm gonna watch it tonight then because me and my housemate for the past three years have had like a Eurovision feast every Eurovision like we we have a process we have foods from different countries we have a drinking game like we are big into Eurovision um and obviously this year was a little bit different because it wasn't really a Eurovision but I feel like that would be the perfect movie for our final Saturday night living together yeah it's just a really like feel good movie like the actual storyline that's with it is really nice it's perfect like Friday or Saturday evening kind of chilled out watching and then if you like Eurovision then you're gonna enjoy the the inside jokes even more oh I'm so excited anyway what's your first recommendation so I feel like we've got a very movie heavy recommendation list this week because I've got two films to suggest the first is more of a documentary it's becoming and it's the kind of adapt, I don't want to say adaptation, but it's following Michelle Obama on her book tour, essentially, for Becoming. Um, and anyone who remembers like a year ago, I recommended the book. I still wholeheartedly recommend that book. I thought it was absolutely amazing. But Netflix have teamed up with her to do a whole, I think it's like an hour and a half long. And it kind of goes on her book tour with her. Um, but also she goes to speak with groups of young people all over America about so many different things. It's I just love Michelle Obama. There's some really touching parts about um, like with her family and about her childhood. And if you've read the book or listened to the book, it's nice to kind of have the context of what those places are actually like. Um, yeah. And I just loved it. Like I finished watching it and I just felt so empowered and so just, I don't know, like it was, it was just brilliant. I just love her. So I'd really recommend it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on my to-watch list. I haven't got to it yet, but really, really want to watch it. I feel like you'll love it. Like, it's very easy watching. Um, 
that you kind of, especially if you've read the book, then it complements the book nicely, I think is the best way of putting it. Because I yeah. thought it was just going to be like a very regurgitated version of the book. And they've, I think they've just done it so well because it definitely feels very different, but it complements it as like a whole um, package deal type thing. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I might actually watch that tomorrow. I'd really recommend. What is your second recommendation? My second recommendation is not a movie. So we're not all movies this week. This is a recipe. um, And I've been on a real push for protein balls (laughs) the last few weeks. I have been making protein balls left, right and centre, different variations, making up my own recipes, which I've basically never done in my life. Um, I like to follow very strict instructions. But (laughs) I just, I love making protein balls because most of them are no bake. So you combine all the ingredients, you put it in the fridge. And I think the minimum amount of time you need them to set is like 20 minutes. But then I just leave them on a plate in the fridge and through the whole week, we can just go to them and it's a semi-healthy snack to have. And they, I'll make like 16 and they'll last a whole week between two of us. And the recipe that I actually initially started with, which is still my favorite one, um, it's on the bigmansworld.com, which this is the first time I'm actually looking at what the URL is. And that's very weird. Um, <laughs> but they are, they're actually no-bake banana bread bites. Um, which I was a bit like, eh, because sometimes I don't like banana bread. But I mean, all it does is put a mashed up banana in it. And then you've got um, your protein powder, which is actually optional. You don't have to put it in if you don't want the protein powder. Um, And then it's just sugar, some sort of syrup, some sort of nut butter, um, and then some sort of like dairy-free milk and you can put in dairy-free chocolate chips if you want to you can put in vanilla essence you can put in cinnamon and there's also a paleo version as well which is the one we did we use coconut flour instead which was a really nice alternative to just like plain or gluten-free flour which I would have used normally and it's just so so nice to be able to go into the fridge and grab something that's actually really filling even though it's like the size of a I don't know a golf ball maybe a little bit smaller um, and then I started making some of my own and like rolled them in like des- is it desiccated coconut. Yes. I always want to say desecrated. That's not right. Yeah. I always want to say decimated <laughs> and I know it's not decimated coconut. <laughs> oh my God. No, I made some other ones which had um, chocolate protein powder in instead and then um, rolled them in desiccated coconut and those were really really nice as well and used different nut butter too which was a nice change so yeah if you're looking for a semi-healthy snack that doesn't involve baking something for like an hour or whatever then yeah really recommend protein balls I'm gonna give those a go because I love making a protein ball I feel like it can be quite messy when you're blending it all up in the blender type thing See, this isn't even a blender because we don't have a blender because the ones I do have um, medjool dates in them and obviously you need a blender to like get through the tough skin on those and it can be a bit of a faff to make them but you're right they last ages they're so filling and I have such a sweet tooth that I find if I have something like that it kind of gets rid of that sweet tooth craving um, but it's not like it's I'm still getting like some fiber I'm still getting some protein I'm still getting some sort of like a nutrient rather than just like a piece of yeah. chocolate 
That's exactly our issue because we always want something sweet after a meal and we know we can't just keep having chocolate. And then sometimes a piece of fruit or yogurt just doesn't cut it. That's not the kind of sweet thing that you want. And this is a really nice in-between. You're not eating a chocolate bar, but it's also not a piece of fruit either. Yeah, sometimes even the best. I had the best apple of my life this week, but that sometimes just can't cut it. (laughs) Um, What's your second recommendation? So this is another movie, as I said, and it's very different to the first one I recommended. Um, it is Hustlers, and it is the movie that came out, I think came out the beginning of this year or end of last year. It's the one with J-Lo in it. Everyone knows I'm a huge J-Lo fan, so if she's in a movie, I'm mm-hmm. watching that. This is the second J-Lo movie I've recommended this year. I've just realised that. <laughs> Wait, what was the first one? Limitless. No, not Limitless. Sorry, that's the song from the movie which is a brilliant song by J-Lo. Um, Second Act is the movie. I think I recommend it right back in like February or something. Oh, yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm a, I'm a big J-Lo fan. Um, but this movie, Hustlers, it came out and it kind of was a little bit controversial because it's based on a true story. Um, but the woman who it's based on basically came out and was like, this is a load of lies. This is not what happened. But it's the story of a woman who works in a strip club in New York and her and a few of the other women basically it's set just before the financial crisis and it's really interesting or I found it really interesting how the impact of the financial crisis had so many ripple effects and this is just something I hadn't thought of and the start of the movie is like everyone has tons of money they come to this club they just spend 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 these women are having these amazing lives the financial crisis happens and it turns everything on its head and it's how they then survive past that and part of it is through allegedly because apparently this didn't happen but another another woman who's in it has like said it's all true so it's all a bit contra of um (sighs) but by drugging these men and taking advantage of their credit cards and stuff like that it is such an interesting movie and I was a bit like "Mm, not sure if this is it was a lot more um what's the word I'm looking for like it it felt like it dealt with issues of like morality and right and wrong and all those kinds of things a lot more than it, I thought it would. I thought it'd be quite like a light watch. Um, and it really wasn't, to be perfectly honest, but it was brilliant. Really, really interesting. It threw up a lot of questions to me about like, um, like the kind of control within the dynamics with like, I don't know if it's right to call these women sex workers because I don't believe they were having sex with the client so I think I don't know I'm sure I'm gonna say something wrong if people know please like correct me um but like this strip is in it like how that power dynamic shifted with the men that they were like with and all that kind of thing it was really interesting I would really recommend definitely not suitable for young people um so like don't like I I didn't think it was going to be as explicit as it was basically um <laughs> It was brilliant, like really excellent movie. And yeah, I don't think I said any of that very eloquently, did I? But I I've not, I haven't even heard of this. I, this I is a, literally the first I'm hearing about this movie. Yeah. It's on Amazon Prime at the moment. And I wanted to see it when it came out. And I was going to go to the cinema and then something happened. I didn't get there. Um, as is generally life, let's be honest. Um, so when I saw it was on Amazon Prime, I was like, oh, I'll give that a go. 
And it was really worth it. I think you'd really enjoy it. It's definitely, like I said, it's not like a lighthearted, there are parts that are like mildly humorous. It's got, along with JLo, it's also got Lizzo in it. She has quite a small part, but Lizzo is in it. And Constance Wu, who is Rachel Chow in Crazy Rich Asians. And I absolutely love her in Crazy Rich Asians. And she plays a very different type of character. And I love it when you watch a movie and you like, you're introduced to an actor or an actress for the first time and then you see them in something so so different yeah. as like their next movie or at least I think it's her next movie um and she's brilliant because you know the character she plays in Crazy Rich Asians she's very like meek and mild and very nice but yeah the character she plays in this is very different and I loved her like she was brilliant in it but yeah, if you've got a free afternoon, I would really recommend watching Hustlers. I think um, I would definitely rewatch it. I just think it's a really interesting movie. I almost recommended Pinterest this week. <laughs> I feel like that's you know, like, pretty uh, well known. You know, like, when you when you recommended um, Corn on the Cob, <laughs> mate, I've got some pork corn on the cob for tonight's festivities. I'm so. I had some, I had some last, yesterday for lunch at work. Well, not at work. Isn't it so good? Ah, oh, it's so good. juicy. I've been eating a lot of it recently, and I really do love it. It's a brilliant vegetable. It's vegetable, it. right? Yeah. Yeah, it must be. Oh, the my God. I I learned something new recently. So yeah. This, this is a really interesting fact, but I follow something on Reddit called Cool Guides, and it was basically a guide of when you should drop something into already boiling water to cook it and when you should put it in water and let it come to the boil with it in. Oh my God, that's hilarious. How do you find this shit? It's on this Reddit called Cool Guides and it's just loads of like useful and interesting guides for random things that people share. They're like infographics and stuff. I mean, um, this is I do want to know which things I should be dropping into boiling water and which things I should be letting boil in the water. So so basically, if it grows under the ground, you should put it in the water and let it come to the boil with it in there. And if it grows above the ground, you should drop it into the boiling water. So sweet corn, you should bring the water to the boil first and then drop it in. I mean, that's really actually quite interesting. And I do like that. I wonder if it makes it... I never do that. Like I put, I boil the kettle in, I boil the water in the kettle, put it in the pan. Then I put the, then, no, then I put the, what water do I do it in? I mean, I do that as well. I boil the kettle because I'm too, like, I'm too impatient to boil it. But regardless, like, like with potatoes, basically, you should put potatoes in cold water and then let it come to the boil. Oh, that's really interesting. Apparently it's to do with like how quickly um, you cook it and how the uh, like cells break down. So if you're going to put potatoes in water that's already hot, the outside is going to cook really, really fast. And then it's going to take ages for you to get to the middle to cook it thoroughly. You're just going to have to wait for the same amount of time as you would when you brought if you were bringing it to the boil gradually. Oh, OK. This is genuinely really interesting. I feel like we should. Isn't it? <laughs> I actually feel this is top quality content coming to us. I mean, this is this is the exciting lives we now live in a COVID world where we can't do anything. <laughs> actually, that's really useful to know. I could, I could totally do like a whole podcast topic with just like this Reddit thread and all the things that I've learned on it. I love how much you love Reddit. Like I've never met anyone who loves Reddit as much as you do. I just can't get into it. I know it's a platform I should love, but I can't get into it. But I feel like you are Reddit's number one fan. I feel like it's such an escape for me. Like if I'm stressed or like 
I want to switch off and I don't feel like reading a book. I don't want to like watch a movie or something. I, and I don't want to scroll like through Instagram. I go to Reddit because I always learn something interesting and weird and there's cute dog videos and cat videos. And sometimes there's really interesting posts on like, am I the asshole thread? And you feel a little bit better about your life, but also their stories are really interesting and people decide if they are an asshole. Like it's, it's top quality content. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I feel like I need to give Reddit another go. I do have the app on my phone. I just can't get into it, but maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe that needs to be my light entertainment because I deleted Instagram this week because do you ever feel like with Instagram, when you go onto the app, it's like walking into a really noisy room. There's just loads of shit on there all the time. People are always yeah. like, and, and the it's... thing is, apparently when you get to the bottom of your feed, it's like, you're all caught up. I've never been caught up. I don't understand no. how you can unless you follow like 20 people. I've never had that notification. Actually, when I'm on the 20 the hard Instagram, I sometimes get it. But that's because we follow literally what you said, like 20 people. Um, yeah. So I just reached a point on, I think it was like Sunday night, Monday, where I was like, nope, I can't. And I need to stop just opening. I'm like, I have a full on addiction to Instagram. I just open the app and scroll and scroll. And it doesn't make me feel good. So I deleted it for a week. I mean, I just scrolled a lot. But I feel like Pinterest is a nicer place. Like it's quite, it's all the inspiration you can get from Instagram, but without the noise. Yeah. And there's no negativity in Pinterest, which I really like. Yeah, it's just a nice, it's not like reliant on, I don't know, people constantly post. I mean, it is because it's a search engine, but obviously that's why it's different because it's a search engine, not like a... Not like a twenty-four hour hour algorithm that. Yeah, like I've got posts yeah. on Pinterest that I posted like two years ago that still do really really well. Whereas on Instagram that would never happen. Like I feel like yeah. it's very, much, it's just quite it's a bit more chilled. It's a bit more like yeah, come here, look at some pretty images. Yeah, it's just um, less of the pressure. Yeah, which I really like to be perfectly honest. Um, so yeah, I got rid of Instagram and I just scrolled and scrolled, but maybe I need to get Reddit because that might be quite a nice, I like the idea that I could learn something in my just ridiculous scrolling. Yeah. You just need to find like the, the Reddit threads, like the subs that you like and that are interesting to you. Okay. I'm going to get you to suggest something to me. Can you give me your favorite threads and then I'm going to try and follow Did I just recommend Reddit as a recommendation on our podcast? (laughs) after saying i wasn't gonna recommend pinterest i recommended pinterest <laughs> but seriously guys pinterest reddit it's great happy places i don't know about reddit. Reddit, happy places i feel like reddit could get quite sassy and bitchy i think it does get a little bit sassy in the comments and stuff but there's like there's moderators on every sub so in theory it's not supposed to get that messy oh okay fair enough i have no idea how we reached this point when we were about to start our topic but shall we actually start this week's discussion <laughs> right I hope you enjoyed that one guys this week we wanted to discuss changing priorities because the past few months um have been I don't want to say the u word but they have been very unexpected let's say that and unlike anything else we've experienced and I think so many of us have experienced the fact that our priorities have just changed, whether that's because we've done a bit of reflecting and realised that we maybe don't want certain things we thought we wanted, or actually other factors outside of our control have changed and therefore we've had to change our priorities. It doesn't always feel great, but we just kind of want to discuss it a bit and work through all that kind of thing. Yeah, I think 
the hardest thing, especially for me this year, is that like like everyone, you have goals and you have intentions for a year and they have been completely turned on their head. Like it's been completely out of our control. It's not been our choice at all. And you just have to, I think the point of this episode is adapting to that and kind of acknowledging that yes things are different and it's uncomfortable and it's so stressful for so many people in different ways but that doesn't mean that now we're at the halfway point of the year it doesn't mean that we can't shift those priorities and kind of refocus and look at things differently and think okay how do I move forward and find a way of progressing from here definitely I think it's very much that you know, a lot of us have experienced that thing of priorities changing, whether or not you've decided to change them or something else has made them change. Having that kind of mindset of, okay, how can I try and get something positive out of this? How can I turn it on its head and still achieve something throughout the year? Almost having like a mid-year review with yourself and saying, okay, these things I am just not going to achieve. I cannot prioritize. It's got nothing to do with me. So let's focus the energy elsewhere. Yeah. And that can cover anything I mean for me personally I think god this was my opportunity to move to a new city and make loads of new friends and explore the area go on loads of different road trips and obviously none of that's happened and yes I've made friends but it's it's been difficult like it's been really hard to form those relationships with people because you how do you make new friends when you can't leave the house like it's it's a weird and it's an uncomfortable thing to feel and you move to a new country and you can't even explore a new city because you you have to stay indoors and for other people it might be that their career has changed paths or they've been furloughed or a promotion or some sort of career change that they were hoping for can't happen it might be that you had a wedding planned or you were moving house there's so many different things and it's just it is crap but there has to be a priority to look after yourself and put yourself first, your health in terms of physical health and also your mental health and kind of adapting to take control of what you can now mm. rather than dwelling on what you can no longer control and what's already happened because it's you can't do that. I mean, you can't do that with life anyway, but this was such an abrupt change that it's so easy to dwell on what could have been rather than the reality we're in now. I think that's the thing isn't like everyone I speak to has had some sort of massive change in one way or another like for me it's been very career focused in terms of what's going to happen this year I know people have had to cancel or move their weddings or people who are now in a situation where because in the UK at the moment you can have a wedding of up to 30 people so if you wanted a big wedding or you had a big family or anything like that your venue aren't going to cancel now. So you have to make that decision of whether you want a really small wedding or whether you cancel it and you lose your deposits and things like that. And I just, my heart goes out to those people because my God, that's tough. And obviously there are people who were going to buy houses and who no longer have jobs. And I think all of us have experienced it in some way. Like when you think at the start of this year, we were discussing me coming and seeing you for a while. And now that just seems like the most impossible thing in the world. And I think definitely recently as we start to look at going kind of back to normal which I say hesitantly because I don't really think (laughs) it's not normal let's be bloody honest it's not normal um but as we kind of like as restrictions start to lift and hopefully there isn't a second peak or anything like that 
I think it kind of feels a bit weird because you're like, okay, I'm being told life's going back to normal, but my God, my life looks so different now to how it did at the start of all of this. And so much of that has nothing to do with you and what you've done. And that's quite overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I I already said about the the thing about making friends, but I feel from my perspective, what's actually been a really positive change that I didn't expect is I was always aiming at some point this year or next year to be fully working online. And it was kind of like a background priority for me. I I didn't actually think it was something that was going to be achievable anytime soon. And yet here I am Mm. and I'm like, okay, I can actually do it. I'm pretty good at it. I enjoy it. I prefer it. And now my priority has shifted more towards that because I'm like, okay, this is happening earlier than I'd anticipated. But how can I use this experience that I've had of it the last few months to really push for it and how I want it to be going forward? Yes, 100%. I think while some career stuff I've been like, okay, so that's not happening and that's not ideal. That the same thing has happened to me. I've always thought like, I'd like to work from home. I would like to work online for myself, have that independence. And I know we've discussed it so many times in the past. I think we've probably discussed it on the podcast as well, how we are people who like structure and routine. And that's something that we always found a bit daunting about the idea of working from home is like, God, if I don't have that structure, will I have the motivation? This has proved to me that I am fine. Like I can do it. It's fine. And similarly to you, it's really changed my priorities and what I want long term, like longer term for my job and for my work life balance. Like until March this year, I was spending 20 hours a week commuting, um, which is mad. Like whatever way you split yeah. that, like I know it's normal. I know a lot of people do it and do more than that. And I think particularly if you live outside of London and you work in London, that isn't like a week, like that's very normal. I speak to people who have like, I remember when Taylor heard how much I commute, he was like, what the hell is wrong with you? Um, but to now I'm like, hold on. I've just accepted that as normal. I'm not sure I want to go back to that. Like I can exercise in the evenings. I don't have to wake up at 5.30 every day. And now I'm like, that's really impacted what my priorities are. And I've realized that actually stuff like exercising regularly is really good. And I feel great when I do it. And if I'm not commuting all that time, I can fit in another workout. Yeah. And I think whilst it can be like, okay, this isn't happening there's definitely been an opportunity to go, oh, but this is happening. I don't know about you as well, but I feel like it's realigned my priorities in terms of how I spend my weekends. Because, I mean, I think both of our mums will agree that we um, sometimes put a little bit too much in our diaries and don't know when to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Possibly. Um, And having like three months where I've not been allowed to do anything on the weekends... I definitely don't want to do that for the rest of my life. Like I couldn't do that for the rest of my life, but maybe one or two weekends a month, I could have a couple of days where I don't have chock-a-block plans. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't want this to sound like, I know we did the episode on kind of those problematic lockdown trends that have come about. And I don't want it to sound like, oh, look at what everything that I've achieved. But the same as you, I need to acknowledge that having a weekend off a bit more frequently than I was having them before is so good because like you said, it means that I fit in exercising and I actually enjoy it because I'm not rushed and thinking about the next thing I have to do. And it means I can sit down and actually write a blog post and enjoy it rather than worrying about the next thing that I have to do. And it's just this, I mean, like baking, I've never particularly been a baker, but I've like, I've made these protein balls. I've 
tried out new recipes. I've actually researched new recipes that I want to try. I've never done stuff like that in my life before because I'm like, I have to cram all this into a short time because I'm too busy. And it it's forced you to slow down, which a lot of people I know don't enjoy. And I was really worried I wasn't going to enjoy it. But actually I do. Like now I sit down and I in the evening and I do some stretches and I write in a gratitude journal. I'm like, God, me six months ago would not recognize me now. Well, I have watched, you know, all the movies and the TV shows, you go, oh, I really want to see that. I've actually watched them. I've never done that. I've always been like, right, okay, well, tonight when I get in, I'll get in at 7.30, so I should work out and I'll eat. And then I'll, I'll have to write a blog post or I need to sort out my Instagram captions or I need to edit the podcast, whatever it is. Before you know it, it's 10.30 and you're like, eh, it's too late to watch something now. And I think actually a lot of people I've spoken to, even if the crap changes have been really big there has been something that you can glean from it and that that's been really motivating for me and it's definitely been the thing that's helped me to kind of reassess I guess and try to frame it a bit differently like there have definitely been some changes that have felt like a real kick in the teeth um and it has forced me to like change my priorities change my plans and it's been crap but I think like anything, it opens a door, doesn't it? If you can, and I, it sounds really easy for me to say, um, and I am really lucky. I haven't lost my job. I haven't been furloughed. Um, I'm conscious. I'm very fortunate. And that isn't the story for everyone in this. But I think if you, like, you're allowed to be sad, you're allowed to be upset, you're allowed to feel angry and all of those things. Like, I think that's perfectly legitimate. And I think that's a really important thing to remember, like when your priorities have been changed through no, like something you don't have any control over, you're allowed to feel like that because it's it's really crap. But if you can kind of try and process it and then find something in there that's either motivating or a positive or just a different way of looking at things, I think it's definitely useful in like moving on and getting like picking yourself back up again. I think that's a really good point, actually, in terms of kind of reframing at it and looking at it from a different perspective. I think there's some really, I mean, I know I've seen posts about this online already, but I think in terms of reframing your priorities, that's a really good way to do it. Like, for example, you've already mentioned it and also the same with me. We both had a lot of travel plans this year. They're not happening. Okay, so this is a great opportunity to do some domestic travel, to do some staycations, to look at your local area, isolate in your own personal vehicles and go on a road trip. Like there's so many different things that you can do rather than kind of looking at the opportunities that now aren't going to happen look at what ones are available instead and also by doing that you're supporting local businesses the local economy which like god knows we all need at the moment in all of our respective countries so i think things like that it's so easy to see it as a negative but you're right reframing that as something positive and okay what can I discover in my own country and what exciting trips can I take nearby like that's that's really exciting and I think that's a really great opportunity definitely there are so many cool things that have come out of this and I the thing that and I know I've not shut up about this all bloody lockdown so but I am going to mention it again I love doing bar classes now who would have thought it um <laughs> Prior to lockdown, I was always like, oh, that sounds really good. But the thought of going to a class where, like, I feel like they seem very intimidating and I'm not very stretchy. I'm not very flexible. I'm not very athletic. I was like, God, I'd never do that. I never had the confidence. And I was like, I can't justify the time of, like, going after work across London to go, all of those kinds of things. 
Whereas actually, this has opened up so many opportunities like that. I can now, I'm going to do a bar class after we finish recording. It's going to take me an hour from the second I start to the second I finish and that's it, I'm done. And it's opened up the idea of like other things that you can incorporate into your priorities. Like I never would have thought that doing something like that would be a priority for me before. Now it is. And I'm like, how many things have I discounted? Discounted. (laughs) (laughs) In the past, because I'm like, oh no, I don't have time. I can't do that. I can't like whatever. I'm like, actually, this is a really, this has been a good opportunity to reassess what's important to me. It's like you were saying about cooking. I think you might like in the, once like more restrictions lift and stuff, you might not cook every single night and you might not do a new recipe every night, but you've found that it's something you enjoy. So even if it's just like a couple of weekends a month, you're like, right, we're going to try something new. You can prioritize it into this like back to normal life because you know you get enjoyment out of it. And it doesn't have to be that your priorities have changed and suddenly you're going to start a new business or you know what, screw it. You're just going to have your kids now and you're not going to wait for the perfect moment. It doesn't have to be like a huge life changing thing. It can be a much smaller thing that just brings you joy. Yeah, I was actually just thinking along that line, like a small day to day thing. And it's not a huge priority shift, but it's something very practical. And if you are someone that is perhaps apprehensive about going to the big supermarkets and doing big shops because you don't want to be in those spaces, just readjust those priorities. Maybe look for smaller groceries or small independent places. I know everyone's saying support local businesses, which is obviously super important to do at the moment. Like Those people are struggling so much. But also remember that places like grocers, butchers, florists, bakeries, they, they're all independent and local businesses as well, or most of them are, and they need just as much support. So rather than prioritizing your shop at your local large supermarket chain, look and see what's local in your area and which businesses you can support. And you're not only prioritizing your own health, like mentally and physically, if you're not comfortable going to a store, but you're also supporting that local economy just by that little shift, which I think is another thing to consider. Like you said, it doesn't have to be this huge life changing shift in your priorities just because we're halfway through the year. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think another really interesting one in terms of like changing priorities is relationships. Like I'm not talking romantic relationships necessarily, but any relationships you have with other people, because it's, this has really taught me that I can, I think in the past, especially with friends, I'd be like, right, we have to meet up for a whole weekend or we have to like have a dinner in the week or anything like that. And it's quite a time commitment, even though it's really fun and great and all that sort of thing. Whereas this whole experience is like, okay, well, when your lockdown lifts, who is it that you want to see in person? Who is it that you cannot wait to like see in person, even if you can't hug them or whatever? And how can you actually incorporate those conversations more easily? Like we hardly, I mean, you moved to Australia and we did start to Skype but prior to that we never I don't think we ever had a Skype call to see each other face to face when we lived in the same country we would just see each other for a weekend which was great and fun but it's not always practical and actually I think now I'm like oh I'd, I'd rather prioritize like speaking to people on the phone or something like that occasionally and clawing back a bit of time but also just having those conversations more frequently and also reassessing who I give that energy to because I think there's a pressure that you have to see everyone all the time and this has just stopped that and I'm kind of grateful for it yeah I totally agree and obviously it's different because I'm all the way over here but 
I have been wondering, I wonder if I would have had as many Skype calls, WhatsApp video calls, like messenger FaceTimes, if this hadn't happened. Because we're all so busy rushing around our lives and trying to do everything all the time. Whereas now, I speak to my family on a video call at least once a week. This week, it's been three times, like at least once a week. And then I'll speak to a different group of friends, usually every week. Like I'll speak to Taylor's mum. And I know definitely, I mean, even Taylor, he calls his mum most days now just to make sure she's okay and check in on her. Like obviously she's locked down as well. And it's difficult for people and reaching out to people is great. But like you said, it doesn't need to be a face-to-face whole weekend thing. And I'm now more than ever, I'm the same in terms of relationships. I'm so, so grateful and appreciative each day that like my friends and my family are healthy and God, I sound so like cliche right now, but it takes a pandemic, doesn't it? To like appreciate your health and to like touch wood, but everyone I know is fine and healthy and reaching out to them and being in contact with them on a much more regular basis. I've, I've loved every minute of it and I wouldn't have it any other way. And I don't want it to go back to how it was before, even once restrictions are lifted, whenever that is. I can, that's the one thing I don't want to lose. Like this week I called our friend Becky. We had a Skype call in the middle of the week on an evening. Never would have done that before. Partly because (laughs) I would commuting but partly because she would have been working and we wouldn't we just wouldn't have done it whereas I was like actually I don't have to wait to the weekend to call. I could call you tonight I finish work at five like why don't I just call you at 5 30 and that's lovely and I want to keep those kinds of things because they remind you to kind of step back from kind of the everyday life like the intense parts of everyday life of like work and you've got to do your laundry you've got to do your food shop you've got to pay your bills like it just it adds a bit more joy. Your joy shouldn't just be safe for the weekends and like Friday night and it spreads yeah. out. I don't want to lose that. And actually had I had this not have happened and I just want to be really clear. I would obviously have rather this not have happened. Like <laughs> whatever way you split this, there have definitely been some good things to come out of lockdown. I just wish we hadn't locked down because of a bloody pandemic, like to put it bluntly. Um, yeah that's one of the things I want to keep because it's just made it so clear to me that actually I've not been prioritizing the right things all the time and I'm really kind of I don't know I this again sounds a bit like meh but I'm really grateful it's happened now in my mid-20s like that moment of like hold on a sec rather than waiting another 5, 10, 20 years to realize that. Yeah and also this sounds super selfish but you know what I was like before I left. I was like, oh, I'm going to lose all my friends. Everyone's going to forget about me, which obviously wasn't true anyway. It feels ridiculous but, because, honey, we're never like, you've got me for life. I know, like, yeah, I know. But we all know what a worrier I am. So obviously yeah. the thought had more than crossed my mind. Um, but it just proves that you can be like, technology is amazing. And I sound like a grandma right now, but it seriously <laughs> is. And I'm on the other side of the world and I don't feel like anything has changed. And I'm still in contact with everyone like family and friends just as much if not more than I was before I left which is yeah ridiculous but it's amazing I think it's been a real like testament to 
like your like not you personally well yes you personally but like you generally like your resilience to situations as well and it's definitely taught me that actually if there are things that I want to do that I've put off because I thought oh I could never do that I should actually start prioritizing those because I was like even exercise I'm like oh I could never do that move in bar I can do it now so clearly I can do it and just that and obviously like resilience much further than that as well um but it's taught me a lot about like what I can achieve and so I think it that's quite nice to reflect on and go okay well how can that like how can that support all these other things I now want to do or like this new mindset I need because lord knows like I'm not getting that promotion or I'm not buying that house or our wedding's not going to be how we imagined it um and I think that's one thing that a lot of people will kind of take from lockdown or at least I hope they do yeah I think so and I think it's also important to point out that obviously lockdown COVID it isn't the only thing that's happened last year and I feel like if we're talking about how priorities have changed I think kind of having recently seen obviously we all know that social media is powerful but having seen the power of it recently in relation to Black Lives Matter and everything that's that's happened in the states and around the world I think there's been a huge shift in my priorities in that perspective mm. as well. Like, whereas before I would, I would see some information online and I would read it and I'd kind of take it in. That would be that. Now I'm making it a priority to actively seek out that information. I'm not waiting for it to be handed to me. I'm actually using that online space. And because let's be honest, I mean, yes, I love reading and that's great, but not everyone wants to read a book and not everyone wants to go through history books and not everyone has that mindset, but you've got social media right at your fingertips and you can make educating yourself about these things so much easier. And I just think like, why wouldn't you? Like now I feel like it's so much more of a priority to me to utilize those tools, which are literally at my fingertips to, to educate myself and find out more. And again, I feel like that's been another shift that a lot of people have kind of realized as well yes do you know a really big thing that has shifted for me this year and it's definitely been partly due to like events in the past few months with lockdown and stuff like that but also prior to that my shopping priorities I think I've like we've discussed shopping before and like general consumerism and how we both now consume a lot less than we used to but with the fires in Australia at the beginning of the year with such a clear link to the climate crisis and then lockdown just proving how much small businesses need your support and the whole like black lives matter movement and being so aware of more black owned businesses it's made me think particularly when I'm like picking stuff out for our house I want to make sure that wherever possible I'm picking products that are going to last that aren't having a massively negative impact on the environment like even stuff like cleaning supplies like how can I change that and make that more eco-friendly and actually do I need to go to that big retailer could I find like a small independent shop that is owned like a small business or black owned that I can support and yes it takes a bit more time than just popping onto ASOS but it's been really rewarding because I'm finding stuff that's really cool and really unique and I don't think that would have happened if some of the events for this year I mean it might have happened but it wouldn't have happened as quickly if it wasn't for some of the events this year yeah I I totally agree and I was actually talking about this with Taylor the other day because I kind of said, you realise that we, our supermarket that we go to is an independent supermarket and we've only made that shift probably in the last maybe month or so, six weeks. 
And then again, when we booked our camper van, we've actually done it through a third party local business who has contacts with a lot of the smaller camper rental companies. You can actually find you like probably a better deal than if you went with the mainstream ones. And we've gone with them. We've been getting kit together for the van and we're buying from locally owned Australian businesses. And all of a sudden, like you said, I was aware of it before. And obviously you feel good when you get something local, but now it's not about like feeling good. It's not a selfish, like, oh, I've just done a good thing. Now I realize how important and what big of an impact I have by making those choices. And now I'm just making them a priority. Yeah. And it's not that you have to do it every time you shop. Oh yeah, but exactly. still, I still bought our like sofa from Ikea, but it's like when I'm looking at cushion covers and our coasters and the stuff we're going to like, plants is a big one. I never really thought about where I would get plants from before, but there's a couple of smaller businesses. I'm like, no, I want to support those and buy my, so it's patch plants, um, which I think I've spoken about before. Um, yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've definitely heard about them before. Um, and then Prick London who do like cacti and succulents. And before I would have just like gone to home base or B&Q and there's nothing wrong with going to either of those places. But if you can and you have like the option to, there are other places that frankly spending the money on the plants in the smaller places will have a much bigger impact than in the bigger places. And I know that there's like not a counter argument, but people do kind of say, well, what about like, what about the people who work in home base, who work in B&Q, et cetera, et cetera me personally not shopping there is not what's gonna keep that company alive do you know what I mean and there are other companies that need the support more and I think it's and it's balance isn't it? it's like everything in life it's balance but I don't think those priorities would have changed for me if it hadn't been for the last few months I don't think my priorities in terms of how I eat and what I consume generally would have changed if it hadn't been for the past few months and Yes, a lot of that has been because of situations are outside of our control. But just because your priorities change doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Like, okay, maybe you're not getting that promotion at work this year. Maybe you're not getting that pay rise. Does that mean you can take your foot off the gas a little bit? So you're still on track. You're still like progressing. You're still moving forward. Do you need to do it in the absolute like breakneck way that you were when you thought a promotion was only a couple of months away? It's all things like that. Yeah, I think that's so true. Like it's also you have to acknowledge that this has been such a difficult time for everyone. You can't expect to still be moving forward at the same speed as you were before because this has been shocking. Literally everything in the first six months of this year has been one thing after another. And it's like it's been horrifying and it's been horrible. And I think taking that time to slow down reevaluate things whether that's career personal shopping habits kind of educating yourself activism whatever that is for you there's nothing wrong with doing that kind of mid-year evaluation I mean you would probably do it in a job anyway you'd probably have some sort of personal development meeting just see it as your own personal personal development meeting (laughs) and just I think something like this does always make you think about what is is important and yeah we should be doing that I think it will take us all a lot longer to process this year than we ever think it will. I've not, like like you just said, it's been horrific. Like it's been horrifying. The scenes we've seen, scenes we've seen, the things we've seen, um, <laughs> the experiences we've had, like the 360s. Hold on, actually. Is it a 360 or is it a 180 that you do? 
It's a 180. Okay. So the 180 that you do um, or have done on like the way you approach situations and what you think and their internal reflections we've all had to do, that takes a lot of mental energy. And I think so many of us, without even realising, have just been surviving and getting from day to day. I don't think we're going to really un- like process everything that's happened for a long time. And I kind of don't think we should. Like, I don't think we should expect ourselves to just one day be like, yep, okay, back to normal, fine. I'm just going to pop into town, grab a coffee, see a friend, and then go to the hairdresser and get my hair done without booking an appointment. Like, it's okay to take it like for it to take a long time to process what's happened and the impact that's have that's had on your life and I think that's why we kind of have to be kind to ourselves so if our priorities have changed particularly if it's been out of our control we kind of need to be kind to ourselves and accepting that like you know you're not having I don't know you're not having less people at your wedding because you want to be mean to people and you're not like you don't it's not you don't care about those people and it's not that you're not getting the promotion because you're not good enough or I don't know you're not traveling because you haven't earned the break you kind of have to have a bit of compassion to yourself and that and go this has changed it might take me realized a while to accept that and realize the impact it's had but like in the meantime can we kind of comb through it all and at least find something positive to hold on to yeah absolutely Um, But I feel like that wraps it up nicely for this week. Obviously, we could talk on this topic forever and things are going to constantly be changing. And this doesn't mean you can reevaluate your priorities once and you have to leave them. This is constantly changing for everyone. And we're going to have to keep adapting and keep changing those priorities. But we are all in the same boat. And as always, we would love to hear your thoughts on this and perhaps how your priorities have changed if you want to share them with us. Um, You can do that via email which is 20s are hard at gmail.com or head over to our instagram page at 20s are hard and you can get in touch that way if you're listening on apple podcasts or spotify or acast or anything like that we would love you forever if you subscribe rate comment share all of those wonderful things um because it helps other people discover us which we're always grateful for but in the meantime stay safe um enjoy the next couple of weeks and we'll speak to you soon bye (laughs) Bye.